In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, There are, are some things in life, aren't there, that sound a whole lot better as an abstract idea than they, than they are in their concrete reality. Right? There, there are certain things in, in which the reality of the situation doesn't match our expectation. We had our images in, in mind of, of how we thought that we would like them, them to be, but the reality of the situation is a whole different story. Uh, there are some things that from far away look really good, but upon closer inspection look far from good. I think I know what you mean, but just an example or two, right? Maybe, maybe there's a time in your life where you became committed to, to practicing a, a daily family ritual, where you were going to sit down at the kitchen table Monday through Friday, and you were going to serve up a home-cooked meal, and you were going to call on the kids and the family, and you're all going to sit down, maybe just for half an hour, to enjoy a meal and, and share stories about your day and catch up and share what was on your heart. Maybe you told yourself, it, it's done. We can't keep eating off in our own rooms or just plopping down in front of the couch with a a microwave meal, right? You were committed to this idea uh, of of a home-cooked family meal around the kitchen table. It sounded great in your mind uh, as an abstract idea, but maybe the reality was very different, right? Because you you forgot that someone's got to go grocery shopping for that meal. Someone's got to cook that meal, which means you, you might have to come home a little bit early to do that. And and, and then once you serve the meal, the kids were all coming in at, at different times. And maybe they're even complaining about what you cooked. And they're wondering why you couldn't have just picked up McDonald's. And you're like, this isn't at all what I expected. And, and then once the meal is over, of course, everyone scatters, which means you're stuck to do the dishes, right? The, the reality of that family meal around the table didn't match your expectations. And when that's true, that can lead to disappointment, can't it? It can be frustrating, maybe even infuriating. Another example, maybe one day you, you sat down uh, flipping through a magazine, and in this magazine you saw this, this picture of a campsite and a, a couple camping there, and it looked so idyllic. They were in this beautifully manicured forest next to a mountain with a river passing by, and their dog was there in the back of their car, and they had smiles on their faces, and you thought to yourself, i got to get back out in nature. Right? It's been far too long since I camped. And so you head out there with expectations, with, with this idea and image of what it should look like. But, but reality was a whole other story, right? You forgot about the mosquitoes. You forgot what it was like to dig your own bathroom hole. You, you forgot what it was like to not take a shower for three or four days and the musk that builds up. Uh, again, the, the reality was different from the expectation. It sounded good from afar, Uh, But upon closer inspection, it was far from good. Uh, This is even true, I think, sometimes with people. I I don't know if you've ever met someone that you've admired from afar, like maybe it was a celebrity, maybe it was an author or something, and uh, you never met them before, but now you've had the chance, and and you had this image of them in your mind of what you imagined they would be like, and their words were eloquent, and and just their style was was beautiful. They were so well-manicured, and Maybe you imagine them being like seven feet tall, and, and then you finally had the chance to meet them, and they're not at all what you pictured, right? And the, the reality was actually a little disappointing. They're maybe much shorter than you thought they would be, and, and they had this growing bald spot on top of their head, and their words were stumbling, and they weren't exactly polite. They didn't seem too interested in you. And again, reality didn't match the expectation, and that can be disappointing. It's true of so many things in life. I think it can also be true of church sometimes, too. Now, when we talk about church, when I talk about church right now, I'm not talking about the building 
or uh, what we do together in worship. I'm, I'm talking about the people, right? Sometimes we, we can be disappointed in, in the people that God has placed us with. Because we all have expectations, at least we did maybe once upon a time, of, of what we thought it would be like to, to be a part of God's church, to be a part of this community of faithful members, right? We, we would like to think in our mind, the image we might have of, of what church should be like is, is that it is a group of people in which we can totally be ourselves, right? Because these people accept us as we are, faults in our, and, and there's no judgment and, and no condemnation. We can just live in, in total freedom. We can say anything we want because they'll love us anyway, and, and yet at the same time, they'll challenge us when we need to be a challenge, and not in a way that condemns, but in a way that uplifts. And, and together, God's people, we would, would maybe picture in our mind, we'd be doing these amazing programs that serve the community and, and change the world, and, and outsiders look at this, this wonderful thing we have going on called the church, and they're clamoring around our doors to try to get in and, and be a part of it, right? We, we might imagine something like that, a, a place with spiritual mothers and fathers who who teach us the faith, whose, whose prayers uplift us, who, who are examples to our children. And, and the pastor is giving these inspiring messages that just open up new windows into spirituality for us. That might be the picture we have. But sometimes reality is a little different. Maybe even always reality is different. And the truth is, I think that anyone who's been a part of any church, and I don't care if this is a big church or small church, any church, right? The, the reality of being a part of the church, uh, of this community, is that it is full of ordinary people. <laughs> because I, I guess really that's the only kind of people there are. Anyone who's ever been a part of a church very quickly realizes that, that the people we're surrounded with, that the church is not just a place for spiritual giants, right, or, or faith-filled heroes. It's, it's not just a, a place for the, the morally elite. No, 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 the, place, the, the church is full of normal people, ordinary people, regular people, people like us, people who face many of the same temptations we do and who give into many of those same temptations, who, who are greedy, who slip little white lies into their stories, who, who sleep through their morning devotions and sometimes even snooze through pastor's sermons, whose prayers are actually pretty stumbling like ours are. And, and the examples, the people we look, to, look up to, we, we will eventually realize that they're not perfect either. They've got their own warts in their own places. And again, anyone who's ever been a part of any church, even our church, which is a wonderful place, realizes that, that the church is not a place for these perfect spiritual heroes. It's not a, a who's who of, 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 of the community. No, it's, it's a place for ordinary, normal people. Uh, that is something that I think the Apostle Paul knew. If he didn't know it on day one, he would eventually come to know it very well. Paul, uh, the Apostle, was a part of a lot of churches, we know from reading the Bible. He started many churches, and so he would have very quickly realized that the church is a place of and for normal people. Uh, the, the reason why I say that, and I should say that this doesn't seem to uh, upset Paul, right? He's not scandalized by it. He's not turned off by it. It doesn't cause him to be disappointed or, or give up. No, it's, it's what he comes to expect. Uh, Paul knows the church is ordinary. It's normal. And yet he also comes to see it as beautiful. He sees the ordinary beauty in being a member of this set-apart community. And here's why I say that. Uh, so again, today we just heard from Romans chapter 16. And again, you, you might have been wondering, as I said earlier, why are we reading this list of names? Uh, they're funny sounding. They don't mean anything to us. 
you've never heard these words before, we'll, we'll probably never hear them again. So, so why read this passage? Well, to me, what it reminds us of is, is that Paul was writing, not to the who's who of, of first century Christianity in Rome. These weren't just spiritual giants and heroes and the morally elite. No, Paul was writing to very normal, ordinary people. Right? Uh, and, and, and the list of names we get today, we have 26 names given. Uh, Ten of them are women, 16 are men. Some of them are upper-class names, but what historians will tell us is that many of the names Paul, Paul gives are just common names, uh, lower-class names. Some are, are names typically that would be used for slaves. And, and so, again, the point is that the church in Rome was a very normal ordinary place. And these people, too, had their own normal temptations, their, their no, own normal sin. I'm, I'm sure some of the people in Rome slept through their devotions and snoozed through their worship. Their prayers were stumbling, not always very eloquent. And, and Paul knew that full well. And yet what Paul also be, began to see, what, what he knew, was that they were beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Paul lists their names, but then, if, if you remember, in many cases in Romans 16, he, he attaches certain titles to them. He'll call them things like appointed in the Lord or approved in, in Christ. Uh, he'll, he'll say that they are chosen and beloved. He'll, he'll even call them, at the end, saints. That is, that, that the people in Rome were, were holy people. Wow, right? These normal people? Paul calls them saints. How could Paul say that? Uh, where does Paul see the beauty in the, the ordinary normalness of it all. Well, uh, I think Paul sees the beauty because he sees these Romans how God sees them. And God sees these people. He, he knows how normal they are, but he also sees them as his chosen, appointed, uh, approved, beloved, holy saints. Because of what Jesus has done for those Roman Christians and because of what he's done for the world, God now looks upon all who believe in him as his beautiful children. And so Paul is, is seeing these brothers and sisters as God sees them, through, through the lens of Jesus. And I think we are called to, to view our brothers and sisters in our churches in exactly the same way. We don't deny the, the very ordinary nature of being a part of the church. Again, the, the church is not just a place for spiritual giants and, and heroes. It's not just reserved for the morally elite. No, we are called to love each other, not as we want each other to be, not in some idealized, abstract idea. We're called to love each other as we are, warts and faults and failings and sins and all. To be a member of the church is that we, we embrace the, the ordinary normality of it all. But it also means that we see each other through the lens of Jesus, and we know that Jesus has lived and died and rose for me, but also for all of these other people. And so we see each other, not just as Jane and Bob and Steve and Fred, but, but, but also as beloved and chosen, as approved and appointed, as holy saints set apart for the Lord. This passage really reminds us that we have two ways to go. <laughs> The, the, the first way is, is holding on to that abstract idea of what we want the church to look like and, or what we would hope it would look like and how people would act. But, but if we hold on that, to that idea that we have in our mind and if we're not willing to, to let it go, then we're going to be disappointed, right? We're going to become frustrated. And most likely what will happen, and what does sadly happen in some cases, is that we'll walk away, right? We'll, we'll throw up our hands. We'll, we'll get so frustrated that we'll leave the church. Uh, or, or we can embrace God's people, as we are, we can come to see the beauty 
in the ordinary normality of it all. I, again, this is, uh, this is how it is with everything in life, right? Uh, imagine again that, that, uh, that, that daily family meal over the kitchen table with a home-cooked meal. You can hold on to the abstract idea that you were hoping for, right, where everyone sits down at the same time and lovingly shares about their day and opens their hearts and pitches in with the dishes. Or you can embrace the messy chaos for what it is, right? And you can cherish the few moments that you do have together before the kids go their own way and you're back doing the dishes. But if you hold on to that abstract idea for, for what you are longing it to be, you're going to be frustrated, right? And eventually you're going to call it quits and you're going to say, fine, I'm ordering pizza, but again, we don't have to hold on. We can embrace it as it is. And, and today's passage is a call to embrace the church, to embrace each other, not as we want each other to be, but as we are. We are called to love each other, despite our, our sins and our faults and our shortcomings and our failings. And, and that doesn't mean that, that we don't grow. We, of course, do. We encourage each other when we fall. We pick each other up when we, we stumble. We, we confront each other, right? When one of us sins, we, we call it out. We call it as it is, lovingly, kindly, and, and for the good of that person. It doesn't mean that we have to remain in our sin and temptation, but it means we accept each other with those sins and temptations that we have. And together, we walk along towards our Savior Jesus with our eyes fixed on his cross. See, I think that's the only way, the only way that we're going to be able to see the beauty in the ordinary. Without Jesus, with, without fixing our eyes on Jesus, all we'll see is the normality of the church. All we'll see is, is the sin in ourselves and in the people around us. And we will get frustrated and we will want to give up. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we remember all that he's done and the sacrifice that he made and, and the love, the undeserved love that he has poured out to, to me and, and to all of the people around me, right? That's where we begin to see the beauty. How beautiful it is to be a member of the church, to be one of God's people, doesn't mean that we live life loving people as we want them to be. It, it means we love each other as we are beautifully ordinary. In Jesus' name.